Glory be to God. Hallelujah. God is faithful to his word. And during this Christmas season of 2023, and you go through the the uh, scriptures that give the uh, historical account 1,000% accurate, it's not a story. I'm sure it's appropriate to uh, do age-appropriate terminology for little children, but you, you never should marginalize the Christmas story as a child story or a morality tale. You should treat it with respect and awe with your your family. You should create that as a tradition from when they're real little all the way to um, even when they're adults. Yeah, have a family over for Christmas, open up the Bible, read that account, because that is historical and it's significant. Matthew and Luke were Jewish. They were very uh, uh, preoccupied to tell the rest of the Jewish community that Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of branch, because that's what Nazareth means, uh, was in fact the son of David or descendant of David. In fact, uh, back in those days, by the time uh, Jesus was being raised, Nazareth was a uh, town uh, that was developed by descendants of David. You know, Solomon had a lot of kids, a lot of concubines, a lot of wives. There's a lot of bambinis that were that had David's genetics. And by the time of the return from the exile, you read that in Daniel, if you know, and as well as even go to Nehemiah and stuff like that, the rebuilding of the wall. But by the time they returned, not everybody went back to their ancestry territory as allotted by God through Moses and Joshua. It was... Um, uh, a group of Davidic or Davidic, you know, when you want to pronounce that, uh, basically of the of the of the lineage of David, they were basically a royal family. You understand, all Israel is cousins. This nation means blood, and back in the ancient times, nation or tribe, you were talking about a group of extended family members. And both Mary and Joseph were descendants of David. They were raised in Nazareth. Nazareth was a community that understood that the Messiah would come through uh, them. In fact, there was probably an attitude about it down south in, in, in Jerusalem with the Sanhedrin. There was a saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? There's some animosity about it. Uh, but they were just as committed as the Sanhedrin to the word. And it was a highly educated town. Uh, probably in Jesus' time, maybe about uh, 300 to 400 people of cousins. And Joseph and Mary grew up in that. In fact, they were uh, one of, you know, I don't think people know this, but uh the Jews actually were the first to start a public school dynamic that was funded by the, the community. 
they were the first to do that. Um, so some of you might be shocked about that. But that concept that we need to educate the community's children uh, came from uh, the children of Israel. Well, back to Nazareth, a.k.a. the branch. Of course, we know scriptures, right? Out of the root of Jesse shall grow a branch. Did, did the descendants know this? Were they, they grab onto uh, that Isaiah, what's a 1, 111, I believe? Or no, 11, verse 1 of um, Isaiah. Maybe they did. Maybe, they, I don't know. But they, as they came back from the exile, they did not go back to Judah. Judah's down south. Um, Nazareth is uh, up north. Even though, G so when when Mary and Joseph, before, before uh, they got together, according to Jewish tradition, you are betrothed by, uh, through both parents. And betrothed means you are married. The covenant has been established. However, the tradition is the groom has to go to whatever allotment they have in, in their, on their father's land and build a house and fill it with stuff. And traditionally, the honeymoon was about seven days. You, you would basically the bride and groom would be uh, uh, would be locked in there for seven days and were not to be disturbed. Probably the first do not disturb sign was built. In the, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, and it was just understood. And it was, it's not until the father of the groom, and this is uh, akin to, I'm going to tie that into the rapture. We've talked about that. This is, this is, uh, this is Jewish romantic, uh, stuff. And, uh, so, before they come together, so Joseph's building his house for Mary. Their parents got together and agreed that yes, we're going to we're going to marry each other. This is a community who understands that they're descendant of David. All of them are, and they kind of and they broke off from Judah and they decided to settle in up there north, uh, uh, not too far from Galilee. So, the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, visits Mary. Says, Mary, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have the Messiah. And Mary wisely said, "Be it done unto me according to Thy word." And it's of the Holy Spirit. Of course, we also know about John the Baptist and Elizabeth also wisely accepted that they would have. Uh, the forerunner of Jesus. They were cousins through Mary and Elizabeth. They were, of course, everybody in Israel are cousins, but you get the point. They're closer, closely related. So Elizabeth married outside of the descendants of of uh, David and married into the tribe of Levi, which her husband was a priest. Well. Get back to David here. David's freaking out. Somewhere along the line, either Mary starts starts showing, or she declared what happened and said, "I am having the Messiah. I will I will be 
I'm con I've conceived. Probably through their parents. Pretty strict. You couldn't just hang out with each other until you were married. I think uh, some conservative parents these days were, uh, were horrible. Think about back then. So we got this issue now. According to the law of Moses, she would be stoned to death. It's, a, it's called an honor killing. and In fact, uh, it's still done to this day in the Muslim faith in the Middle East. That if the wife does anything that's, that's uh, off, especially adultery, sexual immorality, um, she would, she, you have to purge the shame by killing her. Usually it's by a brother or an uncle, understanding that possibly the father or the husband was, is unable to perform the deed. But it's to purge the shame of her behavior. And that's what was expected, because this is a high-intensity community. These are genetically, you know, probably in their mind, because they were descended of David, and the Messiah is going to come through us. And so they were—they had to show that they were devout to the law. This is this is serious peer pressure. And and if you didn't obey it, it was shame. Bible talks about the Old Testament says, "Do not suffer sin on your brother." Uh, and so. Joseph had a really big, uh, big decision here. Joseph, being a just mind, a just person, a righteous dude, uh, and compassionate, obviously, thinking Mary hooked up with somebody, it, it, it was still an act of adultery, even though in our mind, in the Western civilization, they were just being engaged, though they were married, and that was a, that was an adulterous act, or she could have been raped. You know, the Romans come through and they rape and pillage and bully and force people to go a mile. And, of course, Jesus later on said go to. And and so probably, and even even to this day, there's some theory that Jesus, you know, these, in these Antichrist demonic writings say that Jesus possibly was a descendant of a Roman, you know, uh, all this other junk, which there's no, there's not even extra non-biblical writings to even remotely support that. It's just somebody hyper-imagination inspired by the devil, really. Um, and so you got this situation here where Joseph, being a righteous man, knowing that Mary would be stoned to death, had the mind to put her away quietly. Maybe send her down south of Judah to their ancestry home. Maybe some relatives would take her in. Um, and do it all on the down low. Um, and then the angel, of course, there's no name with, with this angel. It just says the angel Lord visit him in a dream and said, no, no, Jojo. This, uh, this is of God. You take, go ahead and take Mary, your wife. Go ahead and receive her. So this was a huge deal. This, involved ostracization, maybe not full-blown excommunication, but you're definitely shunned and people talk. And 
and I'm sure was a burden to Joseph's parents and Mary's parent uh, in this small town of elitists, really, you know, descendant of David, royal family kind of thing. And um, and then you can understand uh, what Joseph was going through. The decision that he made was a burdensome for a long time. In fact, even when Jesus comes back from the desert, he's with power and anointing, goes to Nazareth, his hometown he was raised and educated in. Very highly educated town. They had a synagogue. Small towns normally didn't have a synagogue, but this one did. And he reads Isaiah. And he says, these words are fulfilled in your presence. And then he defends himself. And then they flip out and they, they grab him and they bring, bring him over to this cliff or hill. And they're about to kill him to do what Joseph failed to do 30 years prior. So Nazareth rejects Jesus. Nazareth, the branch. These are fellow descendants of David. They reject their cousin who says, I am the Messiah. They couldn't handle it. And so it's understandable now why Jesus moved away to Capernaum. Capernaum actually was a hustling, bustling place during that time. My research shows me that um, you know Marco Polo went through Capernaum on the way to China and uh, to uh, uh, to get all the uh, you know stuff that he was got you know historically speaking. <laughs> so he he went from Italy uh, uh, through Capernaum or, or Galilee, if you will, to the King's Highway and went through India. So he, all the trades went through. This was not uh, Jesus. Uh, the first church were Peter, uh, uh, Matthew. They were all rich people. They were not poor people. They were rich of, with, you know, equivalent to their era. The, the house that's, that it's still to, the ruins are still there to this day. The Peter's house was not a, a small, it was a pretty decent compound. It had a courtyard where people gathered. And, um, it was very commerce. The sons of Zebedee. We're not sure if that's his real name or if it was a nickname. Jesus, Jesus renamed people. He spoke by faith. He called people out and, and also released faith on them. And, and, you know, the Simon, the wavering weed, um, he became, you know, the rock as an example. So it, there, so Jesus endured. It says that Jesus grew up in the desert as a dry weed. Um, he knew suffering, he knew rejection, he knew alienation. He was not allowed to sit at the cool kids' table at, at, during lunch in the cafeteria. Uh, he wasn't, but Bible Point Blank says that he wasn't good looking. It wasn't anything special. He didn't have rock star hair like a lot of, you know, portraits, even from the Renaissance. He didn't have long rock star hair. He probably had a Jufro. Um, and he, you know, there was nothing to look upon him. He suffered a lot. And I truly believe even during the, uh, a lot of the parables of, you know, going one mile, go two. Jesus actually did those things. He actually 
um, you know, quite often wasn't wasn't a very uh, uh, rare thing. It was actually a very common thing when um, uh, the Romans would come or any other occupying nation would come and use the the peasants, the local indigenous people, to pick something up and carry it <clears throat> for a mile or so, and then make someone else do it after you know so long, <clears throat> and then let release the, that person to go back to their hometown. Well. I believe Jesus actually did that. I believe the uh, Roman probably said, hey, you know, you come over here, you pick this up and you carry this for me. Uh, you see this also the example of, of the cross that uh, uh, Simon uh, did that <clears throat> for the Lord himself, where the, the Romans forced uh, someone to uh, pick something up and carry. Of course, that was the cross. So this was a, a, a the things that he suffered growing up was was rejection and, uh, you know, an attack on his identity, uh, his le- legitimacy. Um, he, he, like the Bible says, he was, he was raised, he was, he was raised up under like a dry, dry weed, as well as, um, the Bible point blank says that he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And we're not above our master. The you know, Joseph endured the shame because he recognized it was the Lord, he obeyed God, he kept Mary holy. So even on their official wedding night, as he took her in, he, he kept her holy until the birth of Christ. Obviously, he had, they had other children. Now, the Catholics believe differently that Jesus, that Joseph was way older, and this was a second marriage. He was a widower. There's no, there's no foundation for that. Um, that's just, you know, for whatever reason, because they thought they thought Mary was a virgin her whole life. No, uh, just, just not even, not, not even that the case, because the Bible doesn't say it. If it said it, fine, but it doesn't. So we're not going to presume. We want to stick to the scriptures. So that we can uh, keep our faith accurate and be weary of anything that's not founded in the scriptures. So a lot of the parables, a lot of the things that Jesus said, if you have one coat or two coats, give give uh, one to your brother and th- that are in need. Uh, all these things, I truly believe he lived this out. And so by the po- by the time... The voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It was all prior to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is called character Christianity. This is not, you know, the the mighty faith Christianity that we get to enjoy now simply because, you know, Jesus hadn't died. There was no death, burial and resurrection to ratify the new covenant that we get to enjoy today. There's still some things, though, that we suffer. We suffer persecution. We suffer defamation. We suffer rejection and alienation, uh, and people defaming their defaming our character, trying to speak evil of us, even making things up about us. And all we're doing is living the life of the Lord in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's just way too much for for ungodly people to endure. They just can't handle it. 
I call it a prelude to hell because they, I've literally had people gnash their teeth at me and have this demonic look on their face. And I sit there and I stare at them and God help them, help them Lord. Have mercy on them. They're attacking your your covenant child here. And I know you're a good daddy and you're, you're, you're a perfect protector and you're perfectly righteous. But I forgive. Have mercy on my enemy. I pray for my enemy. Because that's the love of Christ that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The endurance, though, that Joseph had to go through, oh, we get the impression through the scriptures that Joseph had passed away prior to Jesus' adult life. Um, he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit the way Mary was and Elizabeth was. To, to to endure this level without the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure there were angels ministering to him. He didn't even know it to keep him strong and keep him focused. Especially when they had to sneak away to Israel, or to, excuse me, to Egypt for a while. And it's just one of those things where it's... Uh, the the enduring shame. If you grew up in a small town, you know what I'm talking about. If you went to a small school, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody's in everybody's business. And we're doing good and life's doing great. Hey, it's no big deal. There's nothing to hide. However, oh, mama mia. When you're dealing with something that could be a shame, uh, an infamia, as, as the Sicilians would say, an abomination. And that was a horrible thing for a woman to, to be caught in adultery. It was a horrible thing for a woman to um, be found pregnant or... Her whole identity in this era was you knew what tribe she was from. You knew uh, who her husband was or who her son was because the ability to birth children was really ingrained in, the, in a, for a woman. It's the tribe, the, their son's name. And then you may get to know her name. So for to have Mary to show up uh, before they were able to get together, usually uh, the the betrothing, which was the marriage, they were married, legally married, not like in contemporary times where you're engaged and there's no real legal dynamic there the way it is until you know you say the vows. The vows were made. But there was a, a really it's a beautiful dynamic of making sure your uh, uh, future son-in-law is going to take care of, you know, your daughter, the ability to build their house. Now, obviously, these were small. Uh, we would almost probably refer to them as shacks. Um, 
stone um, rooms. Very, very simple. <clears throat> uh, very primitive. But you, you knew that your, your future son-in-law had the ability and skill to build. So all that to say this, that, that Joseph's shame, he, would, he didn't do anything wrong. Mary didn't do anything wrong. And they're in this commune, really. They still have things like that in, in Israel to this very day. Of zealous zealots who were descendants of David. And of course, uh, David as well as uh, Solomon had hundreds of wives and concubines and therefore they had descendants. And they were very um, I don't want to say prideful, but they were so zealous for what they were doing and keeping the letter of the law. You know, as we know, the letter of the law kills the enduring the, the endurance that had to happen for Joseph. That had to happen for Mary, Jesus. Um, it's, it's actually a miracle that they uh, even were able to, to buy, sell, and trade and, and make a living. Because it was a constant thing over their heads. Because obviously their fellow... Davidic relatives couldn't understand. And that happens a lot of times in our lives when we are birthing a ministry, doing something new, we get something from the Lord and everybody else, you know, they're, they're actually trying to play catch up from three years ago and you're getting unction for what's going on next year and they just don't see it they don't see your gifts and callings they don't see who you are in christ jesus and it's doubly tough when it's people who claim they know the lord when they're on staff at church or they're elders and all they look at you and all they see is someone to be marginalized and given given busy work because they don't know who you are and as jesus said forgive them father for they know not what they do jesus instructed his disciples in that moment as he walked through the crowd i'm sure they were freaking out what was going on and he said to them a prophet is without honor except in his own home and of course the big move to Capernaum where he could operate in a huge hugely metropolitan community a uh, international zone across crossroads if you will 
God, the Sea of Galilee was not, uh, 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 it was rural, but it was hustle and bustle. And like I said earlier, even Marco Polo went through Capernaum on the way to the, uh, the King's Highway to get to China to buy, sell, and trade. So this word of Jesus was actually very uh, internationally known and acknowledged because of all the peoples coming through there. The three plus decades that Jesus had to endure, it developed him. It developed him to hold on, even in his public ministry, even all the naysayers and all the backstabbers and all the drama that happened around that, those three years. John said that it, it, so many things happened. I, there's not enough. He's using word pictures, so he's not lying or exaggerating. He's just saying there's not enough ink in the world to write about all the things that happened. It was a heightened Three years. And the one point I want to make you, make to, make to you, is that I'd rather, I'd rather submit, serve, suffer, shame and rejection and develop the character that I need for, for three, uh, three decades to do three years of ministry so that I can endure the shame for the, uh, uh, endure the cross for the joy that was, that is set before me from my end zone of my gifts and callings and to bear good fruit for the Father than to avoid these things, which many, many people do. They avoid the, the, the persecution. Paul even, Paul even said, I, I, I long for my brothers and sisters in, in Judaism. I long for them. I pray for them. Uh, uh, but I, I endure this rejection for the sake of the cross. It's like, I'll hear a lot of good good stuff that you say, Paul, but man, every time you go to this cross stuff, it, it just would just drive them nuts. I mean, he would, he had revival or he had riots. There was, there was very few in-betweens with him. So I've already spoken about three minutes here. I just wanted to, to reiterate that Joseph endured shame and the entire family endured excommunication and lies and do not give up if you're going through some stuff where people have said lies about you uh you've been wrongly fired for doing for not doing anything wrong just because you you live your you're living your life for the lord and someone has decided they they don't like you um hang in there you're not alone jesus himself endured it and it made him, developed him. As the scripture said, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And, and this, this is exactly what's, what's going on with you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the grace. Joseph didn't. But you have the Holy Spirit. And you have the grace. And you have the fellowship of the saints who are going through the same thing that you are. You are not alone. If you need comfort, you need a word, you need prayer, 
shoot me a voicemail on uh, Spotify or shoot me an email on my website and we'll be praying for you. We know what it's like to step out, come out from your father's house and obey and everybody's speaking against you. Everybody's rejecting you. Everybody's marginalizing you and even defaming your character, speaking evil of you and how to forgive by faith and keep your hand on the plow and don't look back because you have a destiny in God to bear good fruit for the Father so that you will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's rest. That's going to be glorious. All right, spoken enough. Peace and love as you work out your own salvation. In Jesus' holy name, amen.